Mm-hmm. Sim, but I have to disagree disagree with you with one point. Instead of having two two handed weapons, yes, you would have two frying pans. Come on, that's like oh, a lot of- this ain't PUBG, Basil. <laughs> this ain't PUBG, homie. Right? What are you trying to do? Get a chicken dinner as a bunny? Maybe. <laughs> Oh man, what is happening here? I told you, dark side bunnies, man. They got teeth and shit. Hey, Scary I'm attacking stuff. you with a frying pan. The only thing I'm doing is cooking you. <laughs> it's got it's got awkward real fast, but it's fine. Things happen. Look, man, frying up some Easter eggs. <laughs> With the Chronicles packed away in his bag, he thought about his companion who had already gone through the gateway. He was an honorable warrior, a true battlemaster and veteran fighter. He remembered the question his friend posed about oaths and the importance of staying true to the cause you dedicate yourself to. Making an oath was not a foreign affair to the Pathfinder. He would carry the torch, sword, and shield. He would make the oath and stand proud as a warrior of Vera. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Simorg, and I am joined today by my returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, everyone. And also back our favorite social bunny, Faisal. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up? How are you doing, guys? AKA murder, murder bumming, bumming what? Uh, Half Tilt, <laughs> welcome back, dude. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Ridiculous, man. Before we get dug in too far today, friends, I want to give a big shout out to all of the Imperial Flames uh, who support this uh, this stream, this podcast, and all the places on YouTube here on Twitch. And uh, also, a shout out to asheshq.com, the home of this podcast, which is the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Got to thank everybody who invests on both fronts for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, everybody. Much love to you all. And for everyone who's here to join us, we have a bit of a special episode today, which I'll discuss shortly. Oh, look at that. My ladies here in chat, everybody. Let's give a big shout out to Mel. Look at her. We love her. Ah, friends, friends, episode 112, we've got a couple things to read, a couple actual uh, reviews, much love to the people who reviewed, I think we got three total in the past week, two with comments, and we've got a call in, which has been long overdue, I think, but it was really, really great to hear that, so we're going to get to the stuff and things in a minute, everybody who's here, much love, seriously glad you're here, because today's special. So let me go on ahead and read the two messages or the notes that were left. Thank you so much for reviewing. By the way, you can uh, keep in mind, you guys, you can go to iTunes. It helps like a ton to review this podcast right now, especially because where we're at today is a place where I'd really like to push to get as many of those as we possibly can. I'm aiming for 100 by the middle of the year and maybe maybe more by the end, uh, hopefully, if all goes well. It helps a lot with the analytics for podcasts. So um, yeah, you can go to iTunes, give us a five-star review. If you leave a message or a note there with your review, then we can read it live on the show like we're about to right now. 
for the two gentlemen who uh, left us a message um, to read. So we'll start with uh, Troll Tolls. Most anticipated modern MMO. Do you have hype? Do you have questions that need answering? Do you crave Ashes of Creation conversations? This is the live podcast for you. Ashes Pathfinders is the weekly place to get your Ashes fix and to contribute to the pregame conversation. One of the original supporters of this game has created and carried out a podcast every week that discusses everything from canon lore to theory crafting and more. Bring your curiosity, questions, and hype to this dedicated, awesome podcast. Much love, dude. Seriously, that was like amazing. Really appreciate that so much. Um, the second one is from Swotor Crafter. Must have Ashes of Creation podcast. If you are an Ashes of Creation game fan, you need to subscribe to this podcast. The host of Morg is very knowledgeable and easy to listen to. He breaks it down and helps you understand the news and the information on the game. He usually has a great panel on the show as well to add to the discussion. If you, like me, are also looking for a great guild to call home, then he also you're also in luck because Simorg is also the leader of a great group of people in the guild called Virtue. They have a great active Discord, Twitch presence, and websites about the game. Can't go wrong here. Indeed. Virtue for the win. Virtue order, baby. And thanks a lot for that, man. Those are two like just epic comments, uh, reviews, um, you know, notes for the show. Greatly appreciated, seriously. It means a ton. Like I tell you guys, man, this week has genuinely been the week of just getting like, I'm going to be really honest, like just unexpected, super positive, heartfelt comments from people. Like I had like a couple on, you know, extreme or whatever the other week. And then had some comments on like the YouTube videos, like for the show and everything. And man, just like super, super, like it really was like super wholesome and just like genuinely heartfelt and like meant a lot to me personally so really appreciate everyone that shows not just me but this show and the people here like that contribute their time too like data lists and basil and half tilt like you know they don't have to they spend you know they take their time they don't get anything out of it they, they just come to contribute the conversation so you know the show wouldn't be what it was with the people without the people that invest in it and that goes for the people here on the round table and it goes for all of you that choose to be here watching each episode, choose to check out the podcast and listen and contribute. So just really I mean, keep that in mind. Yo. Sam, I yeah. do get something out of it. I get to spend my time with lovely people like you guys. Oh, Come shit. Go butter uh... me up, baby. Don't get butter <laughs> me up there, <laughs> baby. Get all social on me, you we buddy. love you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. <laughs> Much love, Basil, dude. It is. It is a good time, man. I, I look forward to these every week. And, um, this one is specific to Ashes. The one that we let loose on, though, where I got my homies and we kind of get together and we just kind of say some stuff and things. We're looking for more podcasts. That one's a little less, um, how can I say this, filtered. <laughs> like, we keep ourselves a little more focused on just Ashes here. We kind of rant on that one. That's where we get out. That's kind of like therapy, you know? You go in there, you, you hang out with your homies, you kind of go off about stuff and things, kind of get things off your chest. You walk away feeling better and go, Damn, I can't wait to get back in there and chat with them again next week. That's what that one's like. This one's like, let's get in and talk about our passion, baby. Let's talk about the game Ashes, baby. Let's talk about all the things we're waiting for, baby. Our new home in a game. And Vera. Wait, what was that? Vera. Oh, we've got a caller. And <clears throat> I understand this caller 
is long overdue and their other friends and companions might just be calling in soon. So I'm going to go ahead and play this one real quick. We don't have anything in our mailbag, but remember you two can call in at one five, three, nine, six, six, four, six, eight, Oh one. You can leave a message in our mailbag. And eventually our Pathfinder grunt will get that over to us at uh, ashespathfinders@gmail.com. Okay, friends, I'm going to go ahead and play this. We got a call in from, I believe, well, Understand, Magus. Pathfinders, the old Magus has patched me through. I am Battlemaster Vorathon Morage, a fighter for the army here on the front lines. We have secured the encampment at the Divine Gateway, where we await your arrival. The time is approaching. Nay, it is here, and I have one question for all of your Pathfinders. Will you make the oath as a warrior of Bera? Will you enter the gateway as your duty calls you? I will await your answer and your journey to meet us on the other side. Eola Vora for Vera. Yo, I'll answer right now. I'll make the oath. I'll make the oath, baby. I'm going to be a warrior of Vera. <laughs> I'm down. Hell yeah. Already a fucking paladin deep down the inside, man. I'm I'm a hundred percent, baby. Who's with me? That's, that's all I gotta say. Like I'm down. What was Rally it? up. Was it was it Battlemaster Vorathon Mo Rage? Mo Rage. Mo Rage. Interesting. Okay. Mo Rage. <laughs> he did sound strong. He sounded like a badass fighter, didn't he? Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm noticing a trend, you guys. I'm actually noticing a trend. Is anybody else noticing that we're getting different classes? <laughs> I'm reading chat. Mo rage, mo problems. Happy Villa chat. And Ultramel. Ooh, he sounds strong. I have a feeling he is quite strong, actually. Mo heals, please. Half pill. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend. We had we've had three Collins now from Vera. Actually, we had. Tanky McTankerface, Master Mo Manamagus, and Battlemaster Vorathon Mo Rage. Mo Rage, Mo Mana. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if we'll get another caller in that maybe perhaps is like a different. Anybody got the word for me? Anybody knows the trend? Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Collins, Mo Beta. What? Like, nah, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh. I'm noticing archetypes. You guys noticing archetype colors? Oh yeah. Be, oh yeah. Might be. Interesting. I wonder if we that's got a what thing. five more to go at least. There. Yeah, I would expect them to call call in probably by the time we're actually all in Vera, right? Like, which when would that be? Like, I mean, hypothetically, like I don't know, like the spring. They better get their ass in gear and get them them crystals or whatever they got going, like workings to get them. You get the. You better get Mo Man and Magus to get that shit in order, man, because y'all want to call in. You got time to, you know what I mean? So that's an imaginary watch I slapped on my hand. If you if you're wondering, like, wait, what did he just do? What did I miss seeing? This is why I encourage you to be here on Sundays, 5 p.m. CDT, to be here for the live show, friends. But um, today's special. I'm super excited. Someone brought it up to me a while back that um, we were about to be the longest running podcast not in terms of when we started but how long we've been going how dedicated we've be we've been so 
<laughs> pre-smartphone might get you sim grunt tag <laughs> but we are as of today friends this is episode 112 which means we are now the longest running podcast in episodic or episode format which means we have done the most weekly episodes for ashes of creation of any podcast that's actually been covering the game and that's not a measuring contest thing for me. Like, I would have never anticipated that actually being a thing, genuinely. But as of today, we are. And that, uh, that to me, is a testament to all the people that have been committed to be on the show here. All of you who have committed to following the show, contributing to it, being here when we're live. Quite frankly, it's because of you guys. So, hammers up, torches up. You know, Pathfinders, all of you out there, uh, much love, man. I thought we hit a hell of a milestone when we hit 100 episodes. Thought it was a hell of a milestone when we hit two years. We're hitting two, three years here in just another couple months, by the way, a month or so, one to two months. This podcast will turn three years old officially in terms of how long it's been around. It's technically been around, well, actually more than that, technically, but yeah, like the marker of the actual yes what time is it a freckle past the hair but seriously much love to you all seriously so so much for real because uh i never thought we would have been the the longest running in terms of episodes that's a lot of weeks it's a lot of dedication and uh it's it's not just me or just us here it's all of us that does that so much love to all of y'all for real and um with that being said we can kind of dip into some stuff and things we uh Today's episode is called, what, The Warrior of Vera? We got a call-in from the warrior, or a fighter, maybe, from Vera. Some Battlemaster. We've got... Well, we had our little dialogue there that I'm sure we're going to be seeing in the Chronicles in the future. The Ashes Pathfinder Chronicles here in the future. Um, if you haven't checked it out, please uh, go do so. Show it some love. Uh, that is a, a video... Uh, that is dedicated to the show and all of us and the journey we're on here together around Ashes of Creation. Um, let's take a look at these sneak peeks. We did get some sneak peeks from Margaret Friends on the upcoming cosmetics. So I'm just going to show them. We only got two. I got two to share. Show off. Is that a corgi wrapped oh, in a cloak? It was a corgi with a crown, wasn't it? Am I wrong? That That's pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. I, that dress is awesome mm. this is like the most 18th century type of deal though i've ever seen before <laughs> yeah man talking chat's going wrong one i'm like no it's not but in order to see the other version of that y'all have to be in discord i'm afraid so you can do that discord.gg forward slash simorg s-i-m-u-r-g-h that's where this community the pathfinder podcast and ashes hq stuff and things are all at and uh, there might be pictures in there and it's yikes but he does such a good job with it. God save the queen, indeed. We got this corgi with the crown and a cloak. I believe that's a corgi. I'm not exactly the best at this, but... And then we've got the the couple, right? The couple <laughs> that are in their very royal attire. Damn. God save the queen. <laughs> <laughs> what if they were French, Z? Tell oh. me. Oh, I got to show something off, you guys. Look at this back here. I know you can't see it, but does that look like something anyone's seen before? If you look closely. Uh, that's my this... that's my logo, man. I had one of my homies, um, Adenium. She actually sent that to me. 
and it's it's literally this clear um it's on a base of like wood and stuff and it's it's got and you can change the color and do all kinds of stuff i have to totally shot this out because it's so cool i guess you 3 3d printed it went and got this like clear kind of like round uh plate or whatever and then it's like engraved on there my logo and you turn the light on and it sits on this base and the light goes up and it illuminates the logo and you can't really tell but when you look at it from you can see it right look at that look at that's that. awesome it doesn't look the same on video as it does in person but dude it's so damn cool man that is awesome oh that's awesome. yeah it's so cool man so thanks to denny's you probably won't hear this anytime soon, but thank you, friend. Appreciate it so much. So what do we think about those cosmetics? I mean, that's definitely a taste of things to come, but they are a shift, right? We had more like elemental sort of oriented ones for a while there, like very swamp and cinders and, you know, like, you know, illuminated, like, you know, of the wood sort of stuff. And then we kind of shifted to the last ones that are out now, right? Which is like the boat and all that. And it was like purple and kind of regal. And now you got this. What? It's got a very like highbrow celebration or ceremonial type garb, similar vibe to the last one, but that was more like your ceremonial armor yeah. cosmetic. This is more like what you would wear out to a, a gala or a ball or something like that. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm curious, man. Some of these people are saying pass on me for these two. Gonna go PvP in this, Z says. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> T Health is like, I wonder if you have to be a king or queen to wear it. I doubt it, but yeah, it looks very regal. For sure. So today we were out for a walk mm -hmm. along the ocean. Sure. And my son was out, and this couple with a little dog passes us, and the dog's wearing a sweater. And my my son looks down, and he's five, looks down at the dog and goes, <gasps> dog's wearing a sweater oh my god it just starts howling laughing out loud <laughs> totally just off the cuff so now when i look at this dog wearing the cape i can't get that out of my mind that's yeah, hilarious that's, that's definitely uh that's definitely gave me a good lol but in a good way though it was it was uh, oh, that's too funny that's hilarious man i mean the cosmetics looks really nice even even for the role-playing community i would say yeah. Like if they wanted to high all high and mighty and all posh, um they're they're able to do it in this cosmetic. Even though it can't like if people wanted to use it normally, it's still pretty cool. Mm, like it. again, when it comes to armor cosmetics slash like Ash has always produced really nice, high quality, detailed cosmetics. <laughs> Oof. I was I was telling Sim before the podcast, it's like they keep this up. I'm never gonna like leave my node. I'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna be like, you know, chilling, riding around in the city, <laughs> my different threads. Oh boy, could talk posted yeah. it in the sacred hall on Discord. Yep, there it is. Yep, yeah, that's community creation of like unlike no other, or much like the those he's created before. Maybe would be more accurate. Yeah. Uh, essentially my queen and i in such in such garb so it's it's a it's a thing so <laughs> cosmetics i'm curious to see what the rest are gonna look like you know like uh you know like are we gonna get i, I could see like maybe a caravan skin probably coming and maybe like some sort of an accessory i don't think i don't think ship or ship skin for this one i think probably like we got the pet maybe a mount 
don't know, mm. man. Mount accessory. Uh, how many we usually get? What five or six? Is it six? Usually six. Yeah. So you got the you got the pet. You got the the outfit, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a mount. Maybe a caravan skin. Maybe a freehold one, and maybe like an accessory. Those. That's what I'm gonna call. That's my prediction. Mm. Yeah, exactly, Gruntag. We had that last month, and they don't usually put ships back to back. True. I can see a fancy carriage. That's my that's my prediction. They look at this podcast. Oh, think again, yeah, <laughs> and they put the one. Really? <laughs> you have a week. Now they're just gonna mix and match the future ones. It's <laughs> gonna it's gonna prove Sim wrong, man. He can't be right on that damn show, man. <laughs> Damn guy, man. Him and his ego, man. Let me tell you. All right, let me look at some stuff of things here. Yo. So we hit our milestone, 112 episodes. We've got some up upcoming cosmetics. And then we've also got this right here. Why are we gonna look at this, friends? Well, I don't know, man. Fighter is something we haven't chat a ton about. You know? We haven't chat a ton about the fighter. We've looked at this many times. Now, if you're kind of new to the community and you're like, wait, what? I haven't seen this as a class list. Yes, there is. You can go to asheshq.com forward slash archetypes. And that's just literally what's on that page. Right. Sitting right there. And this is from Intrepid Studios. Okay. They released this back in the day, which was probably like a Tuesday or something. I'm just kidding. I don't really know for sure. I'm just going with it and saying things. But they did drop this back in the day and this has basically been our framework for looking at the 64 combinations keep in mind there are eight classes or archetypes and then you have the combinations so essentially what do you mix your eight with once you've chosen one so if i choose like a tank or let's say fighter for example if i choose like a fighter and as a fighter like i just you know decide that i want to go like uh cross myself with another fighter as my secondary archetype you get weapon master makes sense We've had some fun talk around the archetype of a fighter and what like a weapon master could be like, you know, what we might see. Um, had some discussions that we put up on the HQ sometime back uh, or before fall, I think, talking about stuff we had and, you know, uh, information we had from some of the potential pairing of archetypes and fighter we don't really have much with. We know about the charge ability, which is Steven's talked about, right? And how that could potentially, you know, see augmentation around that, things like that. But you know what? Tips and tricks, like pros and cons, when you think about, and we got some community-oriented questions we'll talk about here in a little bit. But in regard to the warrior class, which we'll just go and call that fighter because that's the class you're getting, right? Now, warrior to me, fighter, warrior to me, that's that's the thing. I look at a, at a fighter and I think warrior. Um, so what usually makes a warrior or fighter class fun for you guys when you've played one or something like it in an MMO? The big hits, man. The big numbers, the big hits. Like, that's the class you expect that from, at least from a physical damage standpoint. Yeah, I would definitely say, like, the weight of, like, swinging a big weapon or the kind of Mm -hmm. agility of swinging, like, dual wield. That actually is exciting for me as Mm -hmm. playing those classes. Yeah. That's it for me too. Go Faisal. I would say that what I really enjoy about a fighter is that I'm able to charge in and do like cool awesome moves and do damage in high numbers as uh, 
tilted side. Uh, but what I really enjoy about the fighter is the fact that, um, mm -hmm. uh, how do I say it? Like it's high risk, high reward type of deal. Mm -hmm. Like you have to choose your fights, right? That, that's what I enjoy the most about fighter. It's important because you, you bring a lot of survivability, but you lack mobility typically mm -hmm. with the warrior class yeah. so yes you really you can't just go charging blindly into yeah. a group of four or five monsters without your uh mo heels behind you getting ready to go you know <laughs> oh you're trying to predict the future i see huh i see what you did there so check this out i see leaps and charges in chat dishing out dps for sure charging yes being effective dual wield for sure i mean i think of like let's go to warrior and world of warcraft right Something I liked about that. I mean, you you hear that. And I hear Weapon Master when I think of doubling down on the fighter archetype. And my thoughts immediately are, okay, well, a warrior and wow, you had like, you had your big two-hander, right? On your back, you pulled that thing out, you just thumping, thumping the damage, right? You hit big hits, big hits. You know, sometimes you get cleave, you get bleed damage. I mean, that's something I think about. I think about like, uh, you know, kind of like uh, rooting essentially, you know, like kind of inhibiting movement a bit. Uh, things like that hits that just really incapacitate people um, or cause them to have a difficult time in their mobility because I think it's a great counter for a class that maybe doesn't have a ton of mobility to be able to impact others mobility bring them down to your level right but you know charges are great and everything but you can't necessarily charge all day and is the charge necessarily going to do the kind of damage like some games charges do a ton of damage or like you think charges and uh you know some of the Elder Scrolls online you have the charges for uh you know, um, the weapon, uh, the two-handed weapon line, right? For example. And you can either get some damage based on like the distance you travel. It's called crit rush. Or you got the other one, which does like AOE damage around the point of impact when you charge. You think to World of Warcraft, you get a heroic leap with the warrior. You jump, literally jump in. You don't charge, you jump in, right? And you do AOE damage, right? And there's ways that you can kind of utilize those types of mechanics to your benefit as a warrior, right? Warrior and WoW also has what? The subtrees that you can kind of swap between, right? You have arms, you have uh, Fury, for example, you have Prot. But the differences between Fury and uh, and arms, for example, is arms usually is like a two-hander. And, and uh, you know, uh, Fury is usually like you could dual wield. But, you know, if you get spec the right way, you could dual wield two two-handers, man. I mean, that's a weapon master right there. That's someone who has put dedication, time, perseverance, like they have developed the endurance to carry such massive weapons and deliver those heavy blows. So when I think fighter and I look at things like here are the, when you combine the fighter with other archetypes, right? Fighter crossed with the fighter second, weapon master. Fighter with a tank second, dreadnought. Fighter with a rogue second, right? Shadow blade. Fighter with the ranger second, hunter. Fighter with the mage, uh, second spell sword. Hider, uh, fighter with the summoner, blade caller. Fighter with a cleric, high sword. Fighter with the bard, blade dancer. That is your eight flavors off of your base archetype. Right. Mm -hmm. Sim, but I have to disagree disagree with you with one point. Instead of having two two-handed weapons, yes, you would have two frying pans. Come on. That's like oh, this ain't Basil. <laughs> this ain't PUBG, homie, right? What are you trying to do? Get a chicken dinner as a bunny? Maybe. 
Oh man, what is happening here? I told you, dark side bunnies, man. They got teeth and shit. Hey, Scary I'm attacking stuff. you with a frying pan. The only thing I'm doing is cooking you. <laughs> it's got it's got awkward real fast, but it's fine. Things happen. Look, man, frying up some Easter eggs. <laughs> Happy Bill says, improvised. There you go, improvised weapons. Improvised weapons. Not a bad idea. Blade collar, Gilgamesh, Aaron Dill says. Yeah, man. So I think that's what I think genuinely. I think I think a weapon master. And I also feel I think it would be really cool to have, you know, the fighter class. All right, we've looked at like how like the cleric and the tank and those archetypes that we've seen, some of the skills from like the Alpha Zero period, for example, some of those had uh they had these the the this the class passives like maybe based on certain armor types you would get more um you know damage mitigation or you get more points you know to help you as heavy armor more points to help you with like a light armor or something like that that benefits you in a specific way what i think would be super cool and i've talked about before with a fighter is maybe some sort of a passive that allows you to kind of like really kind of min max multiple types of gears or maybe even multiple types of weapons to where you have a little more like your skill with weapons, like, you know, is refined or armor or something, something that would really tie into like a fighter that makes them really unique. So maybe they don't have a lot of mobility. Maybe they do deliver these like heavy blows, but maybe because of the fact they deliver heavy blows and they're close quarters for the most part. Um, when you think weapon master, at least we don't know about the other ones and how that's going to augment out. But it is a physical damage class. Physical damage class gen generally means up close, right? Or at least throwing things. But with a fighter, I'm thinking up close. So then I'm going, all right, all right. So you're up close, right? What better way to like benefit that class than with perks to armor? So you can kind of maybe min-max and kind of tweak around your armor and how you choose to wear it and what your combinations might be to kind of protect you um, when you might have to take a lot of damage potentially and don't have a healer. That's really cool. So when you think of games that have done really well with this type of like archetype or style of fighting, what do you, what comes to mind for y'all? For me, definitely. Wow. Um, it's, it's been a minute since I played dark age of Camelot, but I really, um, enjoyed the mercenary class, um, on the Albion side. Mm -hmm. I think that was really, really good. Um, and it's actually, my first foray i would say really into a melee class because you know historically i'd done a lot more kind of caster or caster hybrid uh so i i would have to say that is kind of an another one that i i liked and it really kind of made me fall in love with dual wielding so mm. yeah that's that's i would say my two right on what are you basil comes uh, what was the question? um well, I'm glad you hopped back for the show, man. You know, I know you gotta hop around a little bit. Gotta get uh, that just, out of your system. Uh, you know? My mother asked me to open the AC, and she's kind of asleep. So uh, I thought she just needed to twerk that bunny tail a little bit and kind of hop around real quick to get that excitement <laughs> of the frying pan conversation piece out of your system. It's not the case. I digress. So the question was, <laughs> what games do you feel like have done really well with the archetype of like a fighter warrior sort of class? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> Um, 
I think I would look at maybe Final Fantasy and Guild Wars 2. Because Guild Wars mm-hmm. 2 has like this really weird dynamic of classes and the, like the uh, the way that they like they don't have the traditional roles of just like fighter, mage, and healer, and they would combine things. I think they would like might take some inspiration from there. Ooh, got one in chat from TL Dark Age of Camelot, uh, Hibernia Hero. Right on, good reference, friend. Anybody else? I saw Swotor too from Psychophobic in there. Um, yeah, I would probably agree with that. Actually, Psychophobic. Yeah, I feel like they did a really good job with that too in Swotor. They did. Yeah, good reference. Anybody else? Any thoughts? I haven't played a lot of Warrior. I, I've tried to dabble in it in WoW, but I've been playing a Rogue a lot lately. So the play styles just seem to clash a little too much for me to really transition over back and forth smoothly. Um, if I had to think of like the barbarian class in Diablo three, I quite enjoyed, um, crusader as well. in that one where you oh, could yeah. one hand, uh, yeah. two handed weapon mm-hmm. with a shield and just go, yes. just go ham with that. Something oh, like yeah. that. It's a lot of fun. Big shields too, by the way, just important. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it's got, yeah. They actually look <laughs> like uh, a shield that could mitigate some damage. You know? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, that's a good reference. A crusader in, in Diablo, like man, Diablo three, that crusader dude, big hefty shield, like homie, that's the kind of shields you want to see, right? Not a trash can lid, man. None of that, none of that, please. It's a request. I don't think we have to worry about that though. They've shown us some of the shields and ashes and they're, yeah, they're not going to be little itty bitty Arendelle chat says what are you thinking about dps tank heal trinity isn't it outdated old even relevant with a realistic game is it relevant with a realistic gameplay like ashes good question what do you guys think um i'm gonna agree yeah i mean i think it's it's definitely a classic i guess you know design but i am really on board with what ashes is doing around mm. having kind of a a broader base mm-hmm. and adding that support piece, whether that's going to be like a, a buff debuffer mm-hmm. uh, or, or some sort of, I guess, augmenter, right. Mm-hmm. Cause like the bard, etc. So yeah, I, I like that idea. I think I do agree that the DPS tank heal Trinity is outdated and people are so used to that now um, that I think it'll be a nice change of pace to kind of come back to say, okay, it's not just about how much DPS you're doing or how good your heals are, how mm-hmm. good your tank is. Now it's like, okay, let's be a little more thoughtful in combat. What kind of CC do you have? What kind of you know, um, other things are you doing to get through that next fight besides just blowing it up with DPS? I mean, I'm not going to say that's not fun, mm-hmm. but I do like the idea of being able to think through things a bit and and that to me is more fun than current which is tank healer dps i agree with all of your points Davis, but i fear i fear that there's going to be a small problem which is basically the people are so used to the trinity as you said but once you introduce a change they might not accept this change which is the support class mm. so 
people might not like it at first. Maybe it would grow onto them. And uh, especially if it's good, if it's a good system. Like if, if, if it's built wrong, it's going to kind of shatter <laughs> the idea. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I think that's, it's all going to be about the design because if mm -hmm. you can make, if you make content doable by tank healer DPS, generally people are going to be like tank healer DPS. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely, I think a lot of testing that's going to happen on that um, in order for, it to be really i don't want to say accepted but for kind of refresh people's memory because back in the day you know those original old school mmos cc was important mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. anymore people just want to seam roll through things pull entire rooms entire dungeons yeah. etc yeah. right depending on what their gear is and yeah I, I do feel like that is is definitely a lost art and i'm really hoping that that turns out well for intrepid because that's to me some really fun gameplay especially not not only just you know being that class that's supporting but having somebody in there and seeing and appreciating what they can bring to the party that's really important it's also it's also a nice add-on to the healer someone to talk to on the back lines <laughs> uh, right <laughs> I've, I've been watching a lot of videos recently in anticipation of TBC Classic coming out. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that I've been taking away from it is that, like, you know, raid trash should often is harder than the bosses yes. in, in some of the higher level dungeons. Mm -hmm. You know, making that stuff dangerous is very important, I feel. So you're not doing that, exactly that. Just pull a whole room, right. throw down consecrates down as a paladin, and then just run in circles so they never actually hit you while they just get DPS down. Like, that's right. that's a really boring, boring gameplay. Um, to, to Aaron and, and Enderhill's point, <laughs> I'm sorry, man, I butchered your name. Um, I agree. I, I think it is a little outdated, but it's a paradigm shift in an, a fantasy MMO, um, I feel, to go to something different. You know, I think if I'm thinking of not having that Trinity around, looking at just a mechanic-based fight where you're basically responsible for managing your own health pool while doing your damage, I think of something like Destiny 2. Um, just completely escaping this genre and it becomes a very mechanic intensive fight where you need to have your positioning. You need to interact with the environment, avoid things, line of sight attacks, stuff like that. That becomes a meaningful, relevant encounter. But how many of those encounters can you do before it becomes exhaustive? I think having a good mix of that in ashes would be really nice. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. I'm going to read this point from Eastkin chat here. It said outdated, sure. Old, definitely relevant. Absolutely. I think it makes, it or it makes it fresh that there's an eight in party now, so that it's not as rigid as a three one one situation with the old Trinity work, uh, with how the old Trinity worked, and the fact that dungeons uh, dungeon content changes with how well you do will keep it fresh for people too. Yeah, especially when you think about that progressive di difficulty as you get deeper into a dungeon, for example. And um, you know, uh, I think I think I think World of Warcraft did a really good job with it. I'd also agree, like um, you know, Sword Tour did a good job with it um yeah those are the ones that are like main reference points for me um specifically i'm trying to think of yeah and it's like in in the elder scrolls online it's very different right because there's like a very there's a hodgepodge of so many things that you work with out of that game 
because in that game, like the class identity is very, it's very loose. And the reason I say that is because even though there's a you know, specific skill trees and things like that, um, you could literally, I've got a character, for example, right? He's an orc, Nightblade. I don't use any Nightblade skills. I use only active weapon skills and passives. So he is a literal weapon master and doesn't use any class skills at all. He got he has his racial stuff and he's got his um two-hander and sword and board skills, and that's it. He hmm. doesn't use anything else, right? So in that situation, the class identity, right? Like when you think of a warrior, I mean that character is is a warrior. That's a warrior, right? But that's not even his class or archetype, right? So that one's very different because you can just mix and match so many things, and then you've got gear sets that tie into that that could give you a whole different identity too because you could have like these drow limbs sprouting up and doing things or you know some some you know like toxic you know ball popping off and like you know just launching from your weapon or whatever or like however you want to go about that um but what do you think are some do's and don'ts in scenarios with the fighter classes as, as specifically as we think about how ashes might end up doing it what are some elements that you maybe are going man this is something to really look out for when they when they build the fighter class for ashes um i don't know i think just definitely make it relevant i know that's pretty general to say but i, I know there's a lot of people that have passion about playing a melee class and mm. and one of the things that i would have to say i'm not as happy with in games like wow is sometimes mm fight certain fights make melee irrelevant or extremely like i would say less relevant than say a ranged dps and i do like having a mix so um but it does feel like a lot of the fights that i've kind of been in and kind of recent wow expansions they've always been like you know melee gets the short end mm -hmm. um so i would definitely say that that would be kind of a, a don't for me is make sure you've got you know a variety of things and i think half tilt helped hit on this um before too right is just make a variety of type of content to make sure that you know classes are relevant um and then as far as like maybe a do i mean i would like to see the fighter have you know some level of status effect like you know augmentations or class abilities i think that's really fun um, just, you know, we had talked about charges and leaps at the start of the, you know, discussion here. I think that would be really cool to have some unique things like a, a shoulder charge or a flank move or something where you've got, you know, a little more, again, weight to the class. Mm -hmm. So it feels unique. That would be my take on it. Hmm. Right, you guys. I think mostly what I'm going to be concerned about is the balancing issue. <laughs> it's 64 classes, and it's going to be a nightmare to balance. <laughs> um, but like, I assume, I don't know how, how it's going to work at all, but, but if, if I have a class that, that, a class that is dead, let's say a healer fighter, I expect the healer healer, the master of heals, does more healing than the healer fighter. Mm. So at least that's my thoughts around it. But again, we barely have any info on this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's that's the point for me, right? One of the things I don't agree with, I, I, I still play the Elder Scrolls Online sometimes, man. I hop on, have fun, right? I play a little more casually these days. 
But on that game specifically, one thing I don't agree with is I don't think that if you've got a dedicated healer in mm. any PvP situation, for example, I don't think that someone who's a, a, a pure DPS build or is like a you know a physical DPS build using stamina as a resource. And again, that's just the way the resource pool work in that game. But I don't think that you should be able to self heal so much that a healer is irrelevant or a healer on the other team can dump all of their resources to try to keep their group alive. And you're just chopping them down, self healing, no problem like that kind of dynamic. So I look at that and I think about things like bleeds. I don't, I like, I, I kind of agree with, um, Kotak and check on this, uh, take on bleed effects and other stuff is that they should be tied to the weapon and not something you activate. I think that would be really beneficial. I think that, for example, like a fighter having something in their tree to where they can, um, you know, emphasize upon those types of dynamics would work. But mm -hmm. I, I definitely because weapon master, I mean, that would work really great. It would work totally well if I decide to go fighter fighter. I'm a weapon master and I have weapons that have these certain abilities like shield bash, for example, which I think I saw from TL in chat as well. Like that sort of stuff. Like I think like just these like extra like having some sort of like a passive effect on, you know, either active or passive abilities that tie into your weapons as a weapon master would be beautiful. And I keep going back to weapon master because to me, that's like your dedicated physical, you know, like heavy hitting where like the, the, the fighter to me should have a punch, should have a punch should be able to inhibit your mobility. Like, you know, maybe, you know, have emphasis on things like bleeds and the weapons damage and things like that, but risk reward, right? They can't really heal as well like maybe they don't even have healing maybe they just mitigate damage and they've got to try to outlast Bert, you know but there's a there's a there's a, a rock paper scissor element with ashes isn't there like right some classes are not going to be able to hang versus others and i think you know when you think of healing well if you, someone's got a dedicated healer on them and they're getting healed and you blow it all on on them trying to take them out maybe you're not able to maybe you can't burst them down because it's not a 1v1 situation but then what it is, you can, because you're really, really hard hitting. Um, so reflecting on the augmentation system is the other point I wanted to talk about a little bit. When we think about the augmentation system and we think about some of these right there. What's a what's a really good way to keep keep class identity when and this is more of a broad question around the warriors, a good example of the fighters, a good example. But we could use any example we want to. When we have a primary archetype like the fighter or any other one, uh, what are ways we could like perceive that we could lose class identity with augmentation? Or do you all feel like that's even something we would have to worry about? Well, I mean, I would hope not. Uh, I think, you know, one of the points made earlier, I think, would work really well to kind of combat that for the fighter class is if you have like abilities or pardon me status effects tied yeah, to yeah. specific weapons that if you go like deep into like a blunt weapon type mm -hmm. of tree you might have like more stuns or more interrupts or knockdowns or something versus like a tank that's maybe more um you know focused on just just mitigation it's not like a dps thing i think that's probably where there's a feels bad for me a lot of times in games like wow 
where the tank is just doing so much DPS, it just makes you feel irrelevant as a melee DPS sometimes, right? Because of that um, mismatch between mm -hmm. class identity and, you know, um, you know, for one type of class versus the other. So I think somebody even mentioned it in chat. I'm I'm not sure who they the chat's kind of scrolled a bit, but just making um, every class kind of feel like they have the same ability mm -hmm. with only slight tweaks. I think that would be like um, to me, a, you know, not the right level of design. You really mm -hmm. want to have those archetypes be unique because all the different like secondary classes are going to give you flavor. So I'm not expecting that to fundamentally change the way a class is. The arc, the first archetype is really going to be kind of your main like foundation. So as long as those are generally different, then the variance will probably, you know, give you a nice balance there. It just, um, you know, that, that would be kind of what I'm, where my head's at. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I very much feel that too. I don't think the secondary archetypes are going to change the flavor of the class overall so much that it's going to not feel like a fighter anymore. If you happen to go uh, become a blade caller or a blade dancer, you're not going to feel more summon or a bard. You know, you might summon weapons around you or be able to do a self sing buff or something like that start humming a tune in your head and you know you're sitting there playing the ice cream truck song while you just go through <laughs> slashing and slaying away and you know it just gives you that extra little agility bonus because you're on cloud nine i don't know but it, it would be nice to see each main archetype have an, a, an intrinsic ability or a passive ability that kind of defines the role like i would think of a rogue might have um, and an ability to bypass like 10% armor or something like that because they are sneaky and can find those critical spots. A mm -hmm. tank might have an extra bonus to mitigation. A fighter might have an extra bonus to weapon expertise, um, their ability to hit and crit and do all those basic things or you know, maybe a bonus point for their weapon skill tree or something like that. You know, what I'm hoping that the weapon master can do this is going to sound horrible. Dual dual shielding. I'd love it. I would love to see dual shielding. I'd love to see someone running around like this heavy, thick tank just running around with two shields just slamming people, man. I do. I want to see it. I want to see it. So you're a riot shield player in Call of Duty. Gotcha. Not yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to be. I aspire <laughs> to be sometime in the near future because those guys get on my damn nerves. Can I talk about this for a minute? Those guys get on my nerves, dude. They hide behind their shield. You can't even do anything. And I'm just like, they're driving me nuts. And then I'm like, okay, I'm emptying a clip, trying to hit their feet or something. And then I'm like, okay, time to tuck. Nah, man, hatchet to the face, homie. D-E-D -D dead. Sim is face down the floor, coming back for more. And I'm not going to say if it happens more than once, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes it'd be like that. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Tunnel vision on those players is very real. Yeah, for real, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm like you're driving me nuts, but I kind of like I kind of like appreciate this because you feel like a paladin, baby. Until oh. <laughs> you start chucking Molotovs at their feet, and then they just die <laughs> fire every time. It's ah, great. There it is. There's the cure, friends. There it is. Mel, I need you to take notes on this. Remind me for when we play Call of Duty Leader. All right. 
but yeah something something like that would be really cool if you could run around with two shields and just like double shield bass things in the face like oh man that'd be epic i mean i could do that would be so cool like to just ah ah that's like (laughs) right yeah don't make on that on that point though of make of, of don'ts if you want it to still be immersive Please don't make dual wielding massive weapons that just look completely un like I couldn't pick that up with two hands. This dude's dual wielding them and swinging them around elegantly. Right. Like it's the models have to fit right some level of immersion. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree with that too. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, there were people in history that did uh dual wield with two glaives. So I don't know. <laughs> you can see him, right? You can see him hopping around Vera with his like massive halberds over his back and stuff. Twerk his little bunny tail as he like hops, 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 hops. He's like, get at me. You don't want none of this. You don't want to know what's in my satchel. Can't have it. I got to take this. I, I totally jacked this off of some players recently. That red ore, I ain't corrupt, homie. I, I ain't corrupt. Oh, man. That's the after dark aura. All right. Healer targeting systems, right? Now, this is something I've seen come up on the forums recently. And talking about these targeting systems, right? Like, what are some good examples of ones that work really well? I almost wonder if this this particular point right here is like a bit of a spoiler of some sort. I can't confirm or not if it is. And I don't know why I would be saying that. I should just take that back. Forget I even mentioned it. Um, but healer targeting systems. What are some good examples of ones that work really well uh, that could fit into a hybrid system? And what are concerns about these types of gameplay mechanics? So. Some people, some games, they've got like a you point, like a super action oriented ones where you point and your heals get shot at what you're pointing at, right? And sometimes you're, it can be damage or healing depending on the ability and it's how it works. So you got like those types, right? You got the hybrid system that we got where it's like, all right, there's a little bit of tab target, uh, but there's also like even ESO, right? Like certain abilities, like it just, it heals someone around you. Like uh, think of like Breath of Life, for example. Like I heal... And it'll heal people around me too, but it determines the target. There's not as much control around that as maybe you want, where you've got systems where you can point at the unit frames and you're like, this is this is who I'm dedicating this heal to. Um, so yeah, like uh, what type of a healing system would you all prefer? You think in Ashes of Sorry, you had a say if it you know could go your way. I I guess I mean we're talking about a hybrid system, right? So I would yeah. want it to kind of have have both elements um of mm-hmm. like a you know targeted heal like i know i'm going to drop a heal on sim or i know i need to drop like an area of healing in this area because mm-hmm. most of the you know folks that need healing are there i do like the idea of like cone heals and some other you know positional type of things because that seems like it's also a way to make it more interesting for a healer at least mm-hmm. I don't play healers, so I probably should be having this conversation with my wife right now, who like you know pretty much main heals like yeah. most of her teams. But I would like to see something where you're a little more mobile versus just kind of a stand and heal, and not just move for mechanics, but just move to say, okay, here's you know scanning the battlefield. This is what I need to do in order to do it and make those types of heals relevant. Mm-hmm. That would be nice to do. Nice. Mm-hmm. So hearing you say that, it gives me a thought. And what do you guys think about if heals losing their effectiveness or power 
over range. So if you're 30 yards away from your target, that heel is maybe 70% as powerful as it would be if they were 10 yards away from you. Mm, that's a tough one. I think for some healing that would work. Like I think anything that like, for example, the one of the cleric abilities where you have to like literally throw it into the air. I think on something like that, it would make sense versus something that maybe has to do with, you know, I don't know, uh, sensing their soul and, you know, honing in versus something maybe you throw because I don't have a problem with that because of uh, like, you know, I saw uh, that T elf and chat was talking about like template systems, for example, she said in different words, but template systems where you put down a big area heal and people in it get the healing. Like in that, I think if you're on it, you should be good. Right. Cause maybe in that situation, you don't really want to be stacked um, because you know, boss damage or something like that. If you're too stacked, then that would be a problem. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, I think, maybe with certain heals that would be good because then there's a risk and reward scenario to that and that would fit into the which i go back to when we talk about what's ash's vision i go back to if you're staying true to the vision it's all it's all good and i think uh that risk reward element of having something like a heal where you do see it actually go like that cleric ability where the heal goes up in the air and it actually takes time to get to him having it mean like well the further they are the way the longer it takes for the heal to get to him that i like so, you know, there's a bit of a consequence kind of there already. Um, maybe another heal type where, you know, because of the distance and because something has to reach them, um, if they're further away, it's less versus more, um, depending on how the heal worked. I mean, yeah, I would, as a theory crafter, I would, I would think that would fit perfectly into their design pillars. So for sure. I'm thinking, yeah, for anything that's like a hard cast single target, yeah. you know, like the template, the temp, the healing is generated from the floor mm -hmm. of the template. So it makes sense that it's a static power. You have a limited range that you can send it out to a heal over time effect. It's going to just keep rolling and doing its thing. But yeah, if I'm going to hard cast something at you, it forces you to yeah get in the fight, get involved and have some mechanics and it, it adds an element of risk mm -hmm. to it. I don't know. It was a random thought, but yeah, I like it. it Maybe you can do it with AOEs. Like if if the if the target was at the center of that AOE, they would gain a lot of healing. But as further you go from that area, the less healing you obtain. Maybe so. Like maybe that would work. So see, I think for templates like big AOEs on the ground, like I could talk about this all day, man. I love this type of stuff. So I think a big consecrate sort of like vibe or a big healing aura on the ground. I think anywhere on that should be good. But I think something like a totem, for example, now that would make sense because something like a totem that maybe right. is summoned where proximity would matter, that would totally vibe. Like, I would love to see that. Yeah, for sure. It's all risk reward, like positioning too. Like if I drop my totem in the wrong spot or if my party members aren't, aren't paying attention to the instructions or mechanics and don't know that I need to hover that totem for the heels and they just run off, then risk reward. Perfect. You know? Makes sense. Yeah, totally dig that, man. That level of ballistics coding could be very <laughs> challenging, you know, because then everybody, all the healers are going to complain that, oh, but the mages, they can hard cast from over here and do the constant damage, and the rangers can shoot their bows <laughs> and the arrow never drops. And that's funny. And then it adds <laughs> other things, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could do it across the board, though. Right. I mean, could. and one of the things too, you could avoid that stride of hiding somewhere in the bushes far off and healing somebody. And then you have to figure out where the healer's at because they're just like chilling, like somewhere in the camouflage. I mean, 
a good tactic to, if you're like the one doing it, but it's not the one if you're winning. Yeah. The one trying to avoid it. <laughs> Gotta give a shout out for the people today who have uh, supported the stream today. Uh, Hids with the bits and Drake Talk with 10 tier one community subs. Much love, buddy. Really appreciate that a lot. Yeah. So the, the healing conversation is one, and I, I actually like the idea of like talking about bows, for example. I mean, it's another good question, like based on distance, based on, you know, whatever we're talking about, you know, like uh, how does the damage work? I mean, that's, yeah, that you could apply it across the board, um, but it's just a matter of what they, you know, I'm kind of curious what they go with on this. Some stuff we won't get until we get in there and get to, you know, take a look at it ourselves in the alpha environment, right? Which hopefully will happen in the near future. I got a couple points to talk about here before we get wound up. And I know we're already past an hour, so I don't want to dig in too much longer on this particular topic. But any other thoughts on the combat uh, dynamics we've mentioned? Hmm. No. I was just going to say mouse over healing can be a really nice oh shit button. Yeah, true. <laughs> so someone last week, salutations over on YouTube, I contributed to this conversation. This is our community points uh, topic uh, discussion here. We may hit them all, we may not. In the early closed APOC testing before, we talked about this last time, uh, he was, uh, salutations was also kind of piggybacking off of this, said, in the early closed APOC testing before it was fully open, the public, the textures were actually pretty damn crisp. I remember when they started opening up and testing and more players were in the map, server performance started to struggle before the back end reworked. Then there was a sudden drop in texture quality for me, even though I didn't change my settings. After that point, textures were quite grainy and not nearly as crisp. Many people were com commenting at the time, this footage and the recent live streams is back to being crisp texture textures. A significant improvement over the, the early APOC test from what I'm seeing. They said, thanks for another episode. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening and watching friend. And, uh, that's a, a good point because we're going to piggyback and kind of segue in from that to this other point, friends, which is I've noticed on, you know, social medias and stuff. And yeah, you'll get this. There's like a lot of negativity around certain things like how the mm. game looks, how it should look, what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. A lot of it in the past week. And I don't like look for this stuff. But you get your peaks and valleys, right? You get the more chill kind of, you know, relaxed stuff. And then it's kind of like sometimes I notice people start to almost like throw a fit. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm not seeing anything. I want to see stuff. I want to do this. I want to be there. I want this. I want that. And it's not going the way I want. So I'm going to kind of start talking about how they're just not delivering. You kind of see that when they get when it gets quiet a little bit, sometimes completely unnecessarily. And this is an example. So, you know, I think it's important like to like communicate and educate people, you know, if you are willing to if they don't have a clear concept, you know, they have a misconception about something, but also knowing when not to like, you know, tie in or let that something that let that be something that burdens you or negatively impacts your perspective. Cause it's important to remember friends, base your perspectives and decisions on facts and evidence, not just what people are saying. Yeah. You just ignore that stuff and the negativity, but sometimes people genuinely aren't really informed. And that's when you see like repeating questions on places. Um, but I saw one that was really unique and it was uh, this, it ties into, sorry, the entitled gamer mentality. And that is people wanting servers for only PVP. And I saw someone specifically say, we want a PVE focused game. Well, I'm sorry, homie. That ain't what Ashes is. Pretty much. You know, I think that ain't what it is, man. You can want that, but if this is the game that you're hoping to be that vastly, you're barking up the wrong tree. You know? Yeah. 
And also, PvE, PvP and PvE servers wouldn't work for this game, would it? Nope. Mm. No, not at all. This not, game. not with all the PvP elements, the sieges and all that tied in. You, you can't <laughs> have that. It, it breaks one of the fundamental pillars of yep. the game. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have one without the other. You can't. like the Even though the node system is great and unique, and it is a foundational system and pillar, it is tied in to all of these other ones and pvp is one of them like the corruption system they could rework sure i think they could rework it but pvp not being in the game ah nope Mm -mm. i mean the way i look at it is this way and part of it's like some things that steven has said in the past Mm -hmm. and part of it's kind of my own flavor to it but this game is not for everyone True. That's okay. okay. That's okay. It doesn't have to be for everyone. (laughs) If it was for everyone, then it would be a hot mess. Right? It wouldn't be focused. Because when you try to be everything to everyone, you satisfy nobody. That's a good point, man. You become retail wow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, there's aspects of wow that are really good, right? But generally, it's kind of a hodgepodge of things, right? They tend to do PVE a little bit better, right? That's, I mean, I find the PVE more fun than the PVP. But still, there's people that really enjoy WoW PVP. But the, the fact is, is if you have such a split focus there, right, in general, like in terms of design, not having both PVP and PVE elements, that's not necessarily to me a hodgepodge. But if you've got kind of a specific focus on how you want to mix those two mm-hmm. and you've got a vision, go with the vision because that's gonna you always come back to the pillars because if you try to kind of keep tacking things on Mm -hmm. which i kind of feel like i'm not like a a pvp player by any means but i've always felt like pvp in wow world pvp has been like you know just slapped on at the last minute right they're getting they're working on it a little bit more but at the end of the day it still feels very tacked on to me mm. versus something that really is a i would say a game changer like ashes of creation at least from a vision standpoint right because you're supposed to have meaningful pvp meaningful yeah. conflict meaningful conflict right? yeah yeah there there isn't necessarily that dynamic or there or there isn't the foundation for that dynamic in something like wow or other games that kind of just add you know, PvP battlegrounds at the end of it and say, okay, yeah, we have PvP here, right? Some games do that well, but I just don't think WoW is one of them. Um, and and I would, you know, just go back to the person saying, I want a PvE-only server, then you don't understand what the game is all about. Yeah. And again, um, everybody has a right to a, an opinion, but that's exactly mm-hmm. like you said, Sim. It's yeah. just an opinion. If it's not based in fact, then it's still just an opinion yeah and and don't get me don't get steven wrong because he didn't say it in a way that he doesn't listen to the community no, no right. not at all true he, he he said it in a way that he cares about this much and he wants to stick with the vision that he promised to people what he wanted to make that whole staying true to your word thing and not like pulling the rug out from under people you know, got it. Got to give yeah. it to him. You know, he's he's stayed the course. They've stayed true to the vision. I mean, mm-hmm. 
you know, and a lot of people are like, you know, you see this negativity on social media sometimes. It's like, you know, I didn't see it. And I'm just like, man, it's just uh... for every for every decision that he makes. Technically, he's taking us with him. Like yeah. every conversation, like there's a discussion form on right. every topic true. for DPS meters or for mm -hmm. things that really matter in, in the MMR. Uh, genre yeah he doesn't ignore it man he does listen you know he just pay attention but at the same time it's not going to change the vision they stay in the course staying true to yeah. it i'm gonna yeah, yeah go ahead uh, the vision that. to me is the foundation right at the end of the day yeah. you're not going to necessarily mess with your foundation you might build different things on that foundation and it might get you know evolve over time and you might add more of something and then more of something else or then change it you know but at the end of the day your bottom line isn't going to change right right and that's i think that's where i really appreciate the developer standing firm yeah. versus catering to whatever um you know side you know thought people have you still have to kind of get some feedback and they're definitely doing that they're taking us along on the journey but there's certain things that they're just not going to compromise on because it would be a different mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like I got to say, man, it's like actually ties into another topic uh, that we had on the LFM show last week. It was on Thursday and uh, yeah, Thursday, 5 PM CDT friends, you should come join us there. Rents are plenty. But the point was specifically was um, the people were talking about um, half till you were there actually. So this, you probably remember some of this. Um, you know, we were talking about how MMORPGs, like as a genre, um, there's a, like a lot of mistrust around them, right? So when I see this stuff on social media, I mean, I get where that comes from. Like, I understand like why people jump the gun and kind of assume things or whatever, because it's like, it's so easy. You see one element that mirrors, and that element could be like 0.083% or something, right? Out of like the greater whole. Mirrors it, which by the way, just because it mirrors it doesn't mean that you can't take it at face value. There's depth. You don't know what those other things are. So people take it, for face value kind of make the decision that's what this is and judge it as if it matches with this other greater whole that's over 99 point whatever you know percent point zero one seven percent or whatever so that's my thing right is <laughs> like people will do that and you know the thing is is like mmos yeah there, there's been some really shady mmos out there and there have been some mmos that have been doing really shady things and kickstarted mmos have really bad vibe for a lot of people i mean there's so many of them we could go on a name but i'm not gonna do that here you know and the thing is is what all of those have in common and this is the truth is they they give you a vision and they don't adhere to it consistently and ashes mm -hmm. has got over four years of doing that the evidence is there and it supports it and if people are like sim why are you dedicating to this even if it's this much time down the road because i come back to this point this is that needle in a haystack scenario where you think to yourself, we've, some of us have thought this. We've thought, what if, <clears throat> what if some person who had the money and the means could put together a team and wasn't under the thumb of these, these AAA studios that are telling the developers exactly how they have to, you know, they have to do things, exactly how they've got to do all these things, how they've got to run the business, how they've got to build the game, how they've got to monetize it. What if there was someone out there who had that opportunity and decided to make a game. And this is that needle in a haystack scenario. And more importantly, have adhered to and maintained the vision since then. 
four years, man. I've got four years of evidence I've witnessed firsthand. And it's there for anybody to go look at, right? So all you got to do is direct those people. They don't have the right information in that direction. Or if you don't like the conversation, don't be a part of it. Don't let it get to you. Some people I've seen it's been getting to. Some people have like shared it with me and I'm saying, hey, homie, just don't invest in it. You don't even have to, you know, you do your own thing. You hang around your Pathfinders homies. We all have good talks. We share in the info, the facts, the evidence. We do the thing. We stay the course. Don't let it be something that gets to you, man. Don't, don't worry about it. Not your problem, buddy. And um, there's a couple other topics I want to try to hit on. I'm going to do them real quick because I know we're already over. Um, the I'm just going to hit on the ones. Gifting to others in AOC. Where should we draw the line? What do you all think? I don't think gifting stuff from their cash shop is a good choice. Thoughts? Agreed. Also agreed. But I didn't get it. <laughs> Yeah, someone I saw a comment from someone saying like, "Hey, well, can we please be able to gift things from your cash shop to to people?" I'm like, Mm-mm. "Oh, no, no." That you get into, like, yeah, like you know, let me go because they've said no for ages, right? They've said no, you can't gift stuff from the cash shop. No, like, I mean, is like, well, once the game comes out, and let's say I have my buddy's birthday, sure, I buy him for him question mark on that specific day like the cash shop is still there for everybody to buy right isn't that viable i mean he could buy it you could explode in the money to buy it but you can't gift it to him in the store hmm. Ooh, wait did we just like throw him a curveball just now <laughs> i didn't expect that oh my gosh okay Faisal, stew on that and tell, talk to us no, no, because because like okay, yeah. you might you might look at the cash cash shop like that, but uh, like let's say we're at the month of June where the the cosmetics happen, and uh, I wanted to give someone for his birthday a certain a certain skin, mm-hmm. like it's still going to happen. He's gonna give me his account, open it up, sure, uh, sure and then buy it for him. Sure, so possible. why don't you just have the gift for that specific month and that's it. Once the month passes over, that gift feature for that these certain cosmetics don't have to be a thing. Huh? <laughs> I mean, technically, people could probably do that now, although I'm pretty sure they're probably paying attention to the adding in all that. I mean, it's it's to you to like protect your personal account information, right? I guess. Yeah. So could two friends share their account? Absolutely. Am I promoting that? No. <laughs> Am I oh, saying that's that. a good idea? No, Sim never said that. So don't you don't you guys who like to take my words and situations go, oh, he did say it because he also ninja looted, which I never did. Just saying. And, and that's why I suggested the gifting shop system where you just send him a gift on that specific month and that's it. After that month, you're unable to send a gift from any of your inventory to just those cosmetics. Look, don't be dishonest, Happy Meal and Chat. Sim told me. Sim also said 24-hour live stream confirmed. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He never said that. <laughs> there are certain every week. Every week, dude. They. I'm telling you, man. They never let me down. They are. They stay the course. 
one of these days i think that they just kind of think like one of these days if we just keep saying it like it'll just happen right also to brown rice with the seven gifted tier one community subs much love buddy really appreciate it really appreciate all of you who have supported this show today this stream this community and me i really really do it means a lot you know what that's a good question i want to pose for the people listening and watching later and we could kind of piggyback off this next time along with potential healing stuff and things, which I don't know why I'm saying that. It's not almost like I'm hinting at something, but am I? I don't know. Am I though? I don't know. It's, I wouldn't be doing that. I don't tease. I don't tease people. I don't tease people. <laughs> Do I? I don't know. Gifting to others in the community and ashes of creation, right? Thoughts. We can leave that with the community and <laughs> Also, much love to Gruntag with the 500 bits. Really appreciate that, bro. Appreciate all of you. Thank you so, so much for that. But that's a good stopping point for today. We're going to wrap this one up. And with that being said, let's go ahead and go round table here. Hit up my fellow Pathfinders on the show. Let them shout out their domains, where you can find them, where they reign when they're not on the show. We'll start with Daedalus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And Basil. You guys can find me on Twitch as Basil108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. And Half Tilt. You can find me over on Twitter half at half underscore tilt and on Twitch and YouTube half tilt gamer. And friends, you can find me right here every almost every single day. I don't do every day this year. It's great. It's actually nice to have days to rest a little bit and stuff and sleep. I will sleep a little more. I don't know how much that's going to translate into when Ashes goes into no NDA, though, because that's a whole different discussion point. That's the 24-hour stream. Oh, oh man. I'm trying not to think about that. But... Hmm. Half tilt, you shook your head. What? Yes, way too much on that. I almost agreed with you for a moment. See, that's got to not happen. Friends, be sure, if you love these conversations, to join us here on discord.gg forward slash Simorg, S-I-M-U-R-G-H. You can go to the Ashes Pathfinder channel, the Ashes HQ channel, drop thoughts, questions, concerns, anything around the content. And if you see those videos on YouTube, we want as much feedback as possible. Same for Ashes HQ, because big changes are coming as we move into the no NDA Alpha 1 testing that's coming up soon. Friends, it looks like it's getting cold in the U.S. this, this week. I know it's going to be getting cold around here. Stay warm, stay safe, take care of yourselves and live your best lives, friends. And until next time, we will see you real soon. Walk in the light, friends. Until next time. Take care, Later, everyone. everyone.